0: Welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast, with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery, Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez.
1: Hey guys, and welcome to the J-Rod Concerts podcast. I hope everyone is staying safe and healthy this summer. If you are out on the road with your family, friends, or loved ones, I hope you're having fun and wearing a mask and staying six feet apart and staying away from crowded places. Um, We will get through this together. Let's just keep going, guys. But really excited to introduce you guys to this week's guest. Oh, my God, did I enjoy talking to him. His name is Doug Locke. And guys, I kid you not, he is an American treasure. He basically is a Swiss army knife of talents. okay? He's a singer, he's a songwriter, he can act, he's funny, he's a civil rights leader, he does a little bit of everything. His new single, Why, which tackles racism and hating America today, with the hook line, Why Do You Hate Me So Much, recently came out, and it's been a huge, huge hit. And uh, yeah, guys, I mean, Doug has been really kind with his time during this episode. He guides us through his career that started with his... Um, With his uh, growing up in Houston, Texas, with really prominent parents, right? His father was former Houston City attorney uh, Gene Locke. His mother, Aubrey Locke, was also uh, a leader in the city. His sisters are really talented. They're doing stuff in Hollywood. So there's some really um, high achieving DNA in that family. But we welcome Doug to the show. He talks to us about his journey, his career. his first EP, Blue Heart. Uh, he talks to us about playing Jimi Hendrix in a short film he did. He talks to us about his, his journey. And we finish off with a really insightful chat about civil rights and the late John Lewis. So, guys, we hope you enjoyed this chat with Doug Locke. Make sure to check him out on your um, streaming devices. You can find him as Locke as well. Uh, and if you can find him on YouTube, Doug Lock Live Concert, you're going to ha- find some really, really great stuff in there. He's a great live performer. And uh, yeah, that's it, guys. If you are new to the show, we hope you enjoy it. This is what we do here. We talk to musicians and artistic uh, people that have depth, and we think that you should know. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. Give us five stars. And without further ado, guys, this is Doug Locke. Oh man, Doug, how are you doing today? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you so much for, for, for joining us, Doug. Really appreciate you giving us oh, all of, your
0: time. Yeah. I see you got the YouTube. This Doug.
1: Yeah, you know what? It's, it's, I'm a classic rock roots kind of guy. You know, that's, that's where I was forged
0: in the fire. Yes. But, um, you know, my younger brother, um, he always says he was raised on the church of Led Dylan. Led Zeppelin, Bob Dylan, that is his. Exactly. exactly. What would your church be? You would be like a Prince
1: guy, right? Definitely Prince would be you know, in my, your
0: church. My, Trinity, my trifecta would be Jimi Hendrix, yes, of Prince, course. and Lenny Kravitz. Oh, that's perfect. You got I a mean, little bit of everything. You know, you know, it's like, I think the three of them were such visionaries and they all sort of had such a gift to music and they were so uniquely them and pushed it forward. And that really resonates with
1: yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a good church. I would I would get on that Sunday morning, 6 <laughs> a.m.
0: Midnight Mass.
1: <laughs> Midnight Mass, I'm there, Doug. Well, listen, you are so talented. Actor, musician, model, songwriter. It's like, first of all, as a, as a member of the human race, thank you for giving us so much of your talent because it's, it's, it just explodes and it's amazing. Thank you so much, Doug.
0: Thank you. That really means the world to me. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely, man. So listen, we're going to get to your
1: new EP, Why, in a second, um, and the first single, Why?, Uh, fantastic stuff lots I want to talk to you a lot about a lot of really cool things I want to talk to you about civil rights maybe talk about John Lewis who just passed but I want to start with your mission statement if you don't mind because I love it let me I'm gonna read this I'm gonna read this verbatim apologies my mission is to add a little beauty to the world through my art and hopefully to inspire others to live their truth I believe that there is nothing more courageous than living a life of authenticity let us celebrate fierce individuality and practice radical self-love through self-acceptance and empowerment. Dude. Amazing. Amazing. Just tell us a little bit about it, man. About this statement.
0: You know, for me, I feel like, um, one of the greatest journeys of my life has been one of self-discovery, self-acceptance, self-love. I feel like, um, the way that our society is set up, we're taught to believe that we're not enough you know we are marketed to you know you're not beautiful enough you're not smart enough you buy this thing you know and then particularly if you're a person of color or of of, uh the lgbt community or if you're a woman there's so many groups in our society that are marginalized and i grew up in houston texas so i'm a southern boy um you know and it was a world that had racism it had homophobia it had all of this stuff that my younger self i sometimes you know i really feel for him and i feel fortunate that i was able to start on the journey of self-love and You know, really learning to not only embrace but celebrate who I am because honestly, that's been the thing that's propelled me farthest in this world, and that's what I hope to inspire people to do.
1: Yeah, no, and you certainly do that. I'm wondering. You mentioned you grew up in Houston. Your parents are are, are luminaries. I mean, your your dad is an American leader, public service icon. So was Aubrey, your mother. You know, your dad, former city uh, attorney, mayoral candidate, the whole the whole nine yards. I'm wondering, Doug how, you know, they inspired you to like craft this mission, like just being their their child.
0: You know, a big thing I think is environment. So I grew up in a house where we talked about civil rights. We talked about injustice. We talked about the ways in which the world needed to improve. Like one of my favorite stories is my sister, Attica. Mm -hmm. She was named after the prison uprising because my dad wanted to in her that sometimes it's important to break the rules when human rights are involved because the prisoners were being treated so horribly, so inhumanely, that was sort of his mission. So that's sort of been the ethos of the environment that I grew up in. So for me, art is my, is cool. my, it's my language. So that's where I choose to channel the energy.
1: That's awesome, Doug. And you mentioned Attica, very, very good writer and producer. She's worked on a bunch of stuff, Hulu, all this kinds of stuff. You also have a sister that is also, a, that your other sister, an, a, an actress. She's on Sci-Fi's Eureka, man, like so much talent in your house. It's, it's amazing. I'm wondering, take us inside like when you guys were kids. Like Because it seems like your parents were like, you know, this big like political people. But at the same time, all you guys were just so artistic, man.
0: Well, that's, the, you know, I think that's the funny thing is, you know, I'll say this lovingly, my dad doesn't really have a creative bone in his body, except (laughs) found gardening. And so that's, that's amazing. But, you know, I'm sure he wanted one of us to be a a lawyer in his footsteps, but we were all just these creative spirits. And I think that the thing that really set us, set us up was, you know, our parents, they never made us feel foolish for wanting to pursue the arts. They told us we had to work our ass off. It was going to be hard and you have to, but they would emotionally support us. And I think that that Make the difference. Because I have so many artist friends who didn't have the support of their family who were like, oh, I, you're, gonna be you're gonna be broke. And they were just planting all these seeds of negativity and why you can't do it as opposed right. to fostering creativity. That happens all, especially when your parents are not artistic. I feel like that yeah. happens
1: all the time, you know? They're like, you know, do that as a hobby, you know, do it as a side gig. But like, yeah. it's cool that they encouraged it for you guys. That's awesome. Um, and, and Doug, you went to a lot of like theater camps, right? Theater dance camps growing up. Yeah. So, yeah. It seems like from a very early age, you remind me of Steven Spielberg who like, I read that when he was like six, he knew he wanted to be a director and he locked himself in like Universal Studios in like a trailer.
0: Like, tell me about like, when did you realize that you wanted to be in the art so young, man, that's awesome. <laughs> Our favorite game to play as kids, we made this, this is before American Idol, maybe after Star Search, but I'm too young to have seen Star Search when it was actually on. But we made up this game, we called it competition. And we basically would sing songs from the radio, we performed, you could either sing, you could do the dance, and so that was very much what we like to do in our free time. And it very much carried into, because I so I, I have a great passion for film and acting and we love le- little Lego bricks. You know the little Lego bricks? We made our own Lego movies. Before there was a Lego movie, we made our Lego movies. So it's oh, always, man, like our way of bonding. That's great. So you
1: had your, like, your own reality competition in the house.
0: Yeah. No, it was, well, I look back at it now, I'm like, where did we even get that idea? But it, I think another thing is that the neighborhood that we lived in, it was predominantly senior citizens, and so yeah. there were no other neighborhood kids. So we all became each other's best friends because you know there was no other kids to play with growing up. So we have this like secret language, basically, of creativity that we, you know, fostered throughout the years. Interesting. So were you were you um, Randy Jackson? Were you Simon or were you Paul? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I my my little self thought I was. Uh, uh, Adam Lambert, Kelly Clarkson, Ruben's, I was always the one trying to like, okay, well, I'll perform, you can record, such a ham. Yeah, I'll be Kelly Clarkson, you'll be William Hung, sisters.
1: Yeah. Exactly. That's great, man. That's, I mean, your voice is awesome. Um, And also, I have to tell my audience, you're a very accomplished actor, Doug, you have some really nice acting credits, tons of commercials, pilots, you've been in movies with Reese Witherspoon, man, you've been all over the place, really good stuff. But I want to ask you about one particular credit. Yeah. fascinating saw it in the research room yesterday a technicolor dream by tony scarpa and for those in my audience that want to check it out just google it. Uh, it, it it's available for free it's a great short film uh, based on an obscure letter that Jimi hendrix wrote to his father and uh, the man here was Jimi hendrix so tell us about that project man wow
0: so much pressure it was a life-changing project for me because I, I i shot that when i first moved to la i was still a teenager and I had gotten, I secured the audition and I had already been a Hendrix fan, but I did the deep dive. I'm telling you, every book I could get my hands on, every documentary, every obscure interview to try and live and breathe. And honestly, I feel like that, the process of A, paying homage to such a legend, but also doing that deep dive and learning about his struggles really set me on my journey because one of the things that I admire most about Jimmy, the reason I mentioned him before is-
1: Yeah. He,
0: Created his own, you know, music in America was so segregated at the time, and for Jimmy, at the time, you know, they used to call them race records. Jimmy wasn't making soul music, which is what most African Americans were, were making. He was making rock, and even though rock actually has roots in the black community at that time, you know, the face of rock was white, and so it wasn't really until he went to Europe that the racial lines kind of got pulled away, and people just embraced the music he was making, and that sent a really strong message that sometimes the audience may not be ready for it, but you will find your audience. And authenticity is honestly what set him apart.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know what, Doug? It's funny you mentioned that you were ahead of the curve with your sisters, because watching the movie, and I also uh, heard a a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing the other day, that he used to play in in bands as the backup, even though he knew that he was going to kick ass. But he was just like, you know what, I'm going to learn and just kind of like, pretend that I'm like a nobody, right? Yeah. Um, that's amazing, like so young, right? Like how do, how do all this
0: like business acumen? I mean, it's just incredible. I mean, the fact that he taught himself guitar and he taught it by, he was left handed so he restrunk his guitar upside down. I mean, the man just Unbelievable. is such an inspiration because he also showed that there are no rules. And really, if you keep showing up and dedicating yourself to your craft, you forge your own path and like, that's why He's so celebrated and remembered today for his contributions.
1: Right, right. But I got to tell you, Doug, like watching your stuff, for example, in House MD or whatever, I, th- I, feel, like, I feel like the Jimi Hendrix stuff in a way is harder it, it hard to, to play, right? Because first of all, it's like 12 minutes. Yeah. I feel like that time constraint almost works against you, right? Like it's more difficult.
0: You got to dip right in. And, and, you know, one of my favorite experiences post that um, was I had an audition for, to play Sam Cook. Now, I didn't get the role. But that was one of the best weekends of my life because, again, doing the deep dive, I developed a deeper connection with Sam Cooke, the legend, the man. And, like, it's funny because I live in Los Feliz and that's where he lived. And it just, I felt like for that weekend, I got to be Sam Cooke. And I'm telling you, I had the best time in that audition. I went in and you couldn't tell me I wasn't Sam Cooke. And And by the way, let me just make a parenthesis real quick. Now that you mentioned Sam Cooke watching your life at
1: Club Moscow... I see all that stuff, man. It's amazing. But anyway, sorry. Close parentheses. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. No, just that. Um, for me, I think it is most challenging when you're playing someone who lived, particularly someone who was well known, because you're compared to this iconic legend. And you know, the best you can do, I think, is just to filter the bits of humanity through yourself and really, you know, do the study. I mean, again, it's one of those things where I would kill for another opportunity to play him because. Yeah, I've matured a little bit. I've grown as a man and I feel like I could bring more to it now. And I think that as an artist, you always kind of have that feeling of like, that was the time capsule. And like, I did, I, I gave it my love and I'm, you know, I look forward to having an opportunity to revisit it. Let's do it, man. Let's get you that Oscar. That's where
1: we're, that's where we're headed. Let's
0: manifest it.
1: Let's manifest do it, Doug. I'm all about- <laughs> awesome, man. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about your music. Yeah. Um, you know, Blue Heart, what a what an EP, man! Holy smokes! It's been playing. I mean, all your stuff has been playing nonstop here in the house. But blue, but but a uh, blue heart, man! What a delightful, you know, EP. This is uh, amazing blend of pop, R and B, dance. I don't know what you do there, but it's magical. I want this could be us, for example. Huge hit, hit number thirty-two in iTunes uh, top one hundred. Uh, amazing, beautiful video. Just a spectacular mm-hmm. video, Doug. Uh, I'm yeah. Also ahead of the curve. You are you are ahead of the curve on everything, man. I, I I wanna I wanna ask you how this Corona thing is gonna end up because you seem to be ahead. How do you look back on DCP five years after it came out, Doug?
0: You know I look at wow, you're right. Five, five years. years, huh? Can you believe it? I, I look back at it now and it will always be my baby. It was the genesis. It was the moment. Because again, as I told you, I've always loved performing. I you know I call the arts my children. So. Drawing and painting was the first child, then came acting and dancing and music's the youngest baby. And Blue Heart was that moment when I stepped up and I was nervous as hell, I was so scared, but I was like, all right, these songs are in my heart. And I'm, I'm really proud of myself. That's the way I look back at it now. And I think that going specifically to This Could Be Us, that was, that video was a real turning point for me because for me, going back to authenticity, I felt really strongly that I wanted to tell a love story between two men who met in the 1960s and what that must have been like. This is before gay marriage was legalized, or uh, same-sex marriage was legalized across the country. And I thought that, you know, it was such an important thing to show the beauty and all the types of love that there are. And to be honest, I was a little, not apprehensive, but I was like, okay, not every audience might be ready for this, but my heart said, no, this is what I have to do. And that was actually, you know, one of my most successful songs videos, sort of instilled in me that you gotta follow your truth, you gotta follow your heart and your gut.
1: Oh yeah, I think he's got like 1.3 million views. Last time I checked, that just a phenomenal, phenomenal video. People should check that out. Um, we talked about Sam Cook. We talked about one of your shows that's on YouTube, which is uh, Lock Live at Club Moscow. Everyone should check it out. It's free. It's amazing. You're an amazing performer, Doug. I, I can't wait to see you, man. But I want to ask you, what is that key to just connect with the audience like that? You have them eating out of the palm of your hand. It feels like, a, like you're like in a living room with your closest
0: friends. What's the key there? The key, look, I firmly believe in rehearsal, but then also you got to let that go. And that, that was a challenge for me because you know I can be like, planning in my head. It needs to be like this. That's the blueprint, right? That's doing your homework. Then you show up. And that's what I love about live performances. You get, I get so much from the audience. I get more from them than they get from me, I really feel, because you know, one of the tricks that I taught myself early on was find your anchor. I don't care how nervous you are, I can be doing new material, I'm like, oh, how's this gonna go? I find that one anchor, I look them in the eye, and yeah. all of a sudden, we're just, we're just commuting we're just having this support. Yeah. and then it grows.
1: Ah, that's good, that's good, that's a good trick. Good to know. Yeah, it, it, it's phenomenal. I'm sure you missed the stage because you obviously revel in
0: it yeah I feel like honestly that was really what drew me to music I mean I, I love the process of writing and recording but being on stage is the ultimate high for me and and I first discovered it through through theater through acting but that is what I miss most and you know just to go back to what you were saying before that's been something that I've been doing a lot of during this time is creating content like Bought a bunch of gear online, ring lights and whatnot, and I'm using this time to just really be creative. And it kind of reminds me of being a kid when it's like, okay, you know, it's school's out, you got nothing to do, you're stuck at home. How can we be creative? How can I reinterpret these songs in my space here? How can I give them new life? How can so that's been a really interesting way of spending this time. Sure, so you, you've been having a good songwriting like period, you've been pretty active? My, my producer and I have been doing virtual sessions. Um, yeah. If the numbers go down, as soon as we deem it safe, I want to be back in the studio recording sure. some of the songs that we've been writing. But I also, you know, I actually did a cover of Sam Cooke to um from nice. my living room. I did Marvin Gaye, Marvin Gaye, I mean, come mm. on. Yeah, another, talk about some music that I think everyone should be listening to right now that's oh, yeah. relevant today is when it was written. Um, And so, yeah, and then I I shot a little spoiler alert. I shot a little something in the pool the other day. uh, So I was like, you know what? It's summery. This will be the summer quarantine visual. You know, ideally, I'll shoot another video when I have, you know, the ability to move freely. But no, it's been that's that I've been really enjoying is just diving into that creativity. Sure,
1: sure. Oh, man, can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see it. And um, your new EP. Why? Wow. You know, you're talking about Marvin Gaye. I think when uh, when the George Floyd stuff happened, and we were listening to "What's Going On," and we're like, "Why are we still listening to these songs?" Well, because they still sound as fresh as ever, right? Okay. And I feel like why your new EP is gonna is, is timeless as well, Doug. It's phenomenal. Um, very powerful lyrics, obviously. You started writing it last year, but uh, I, I, but I guess this year, you know, it just got turbocharged. Yeah. Uh, let's. Let's talk about it because, um, and, and let's bring some some of what's happening in the country with it because they're they're intertwined, you know.
0: Absolutely. So, and and that's actually kind of I guess the heartbreaking thing is I started writing the song over a year ago because I had headed to the studio with my longtime collaborator and producer, Eric McNeely, with the intention to write like a fun dance pop song. I'd gotten some news on the way of one of the many, you know killings of unarmed black men and I was devastated and I broke down in tears when I got to the studio because in many ways I felt like it was another piece of my heart dying and I feel like ever since Trayvon Martin in 2012 with each case another piece of my heart dies and the question that kept coming up in the studio was why why is this still happening you know and thus the song was born and from there I mean this was a lot of beautiful energy went into this my heart Eric's heart. We then brought on a gospel choir to sing the word love in the hook, because I also wanted to send that message. Because I firmly believe that, you know, as simple as it is. But it's also, I guess, complicated, but love it, you know, love for our fellow man fellow woman love for humanity is is the only way out of this. And we've got to talk and understand each other. And so I wanted to put that message in there. And so I've been holding off on the song because it didn't fit the vibe of the first mini EP. So I'm doing the series of EPs. Yeah. Lunar, Lunar 1, Lunar 2, Lunar 3, all based around the full moon. You know, I'm a bit of an Aries hippie, so I love my full moon, my meditation. <laughs> my I love moon. it. So Lunar 1 was super pop. Lunar 2, as we we're developing it, the news of Ahmaud Arbery's killing came out. The news of Breonna mm. Taylor's murder came out. The all news the of George Floyd, the Central Park incident. And I couldn't hold the song in it. Anymore, I was like, no, like it, this song has to come out now. And so we finished it up. And then I also had the idea, I was like, you know what? Another thing is there's been so many countless victims to this sense violence. I want to do a song called Say Their Names. And with Say Their Names, I, so I did research. I, most of the stories I remembered from when they happened, but I also went before my times. So I started with Emmett Till. Um, I put in James Bird from Jasper, Texas. I was so young when that happened, but I still don't know the story. I put in um, the Central Park Five from When They See Us or The Exonerated Five they're known now. And what I did, the song is really simple. It's me reading their names, saying their names. But what I did, thank you. I researched each person's life and what happened to them so that as I was saying them, I could connect to who that person was and put that energy into it because I don't want these people to be forgotten.
1: Mission accomplished, Doug. Because Indeed. as you're reading them, you think, man, brother, son. Yes. Menu. You know, like, it's like you're humanizing these people. These are not just statistics. These were human beings. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, oh, yeah. Goosebumps hearing to that whole thing, man. Jesus Christ. Very powerful. Man, you, you've been so generous with your time, Doug. But let, let me ask you about about that John Lewis. Yeah. obviously he just passed, you know, a civil rights icon. Uh, you know, how do you remember this, uh, this Titan of civil rights? Do you think that he, do you think that he passed thinking that uh, his mission and Dr. King's mission was on the right path? How do you tell me a I little bit?
0: That's the part that um, probably makes me the most emotional is it reminds me of a conversation that I had with my dad. Mm-hmm. So when the protest for George Floyd first started, my brother and I both went out and we, we called my dad afterwards. And as you said before, my dad was a subverts activist and we were talking about what the experience was like and he was saying how proud of us he was and he remembered when he was protesting 50 years ago. And the next day he woke up and he was so angry. He was like, why the hell are my sons having to protest the same thing 50 years later? And so I think that on the one hand, my, my sister Attica has this line that opens one of her books and she says, America told on itself. Mm. Like in recent years, we really, you know, the things that have been sort of swept under the rug that we tried to ignore are now completely clear. So I feel like for him to pass in this time, the one thing, the one takeaway that my dad had, and this, this gives me hope. My dad was saying, you know, someone who's been in this fight for over 50 years, he said, this is the first time that there's been so many non-Black voices completely In the fight and of course there's been allies all along but never have there been so many people outwardly condemning racism and i hope that that was a something that caused a little comfort for john before he passed because the timing is is really hard yeah because in many ways i think the some of the illusions of progress that we that we thought we had have been stripped away but i do think that the only way through it is to name it and i think that there is power in the fact that we are all having this com- conversation, not only nationally, but globally right now. Yes, yes. I was going to ask you that, if you think it's different. Uh, I, I feel like, I, I feel like this is, there's something different here.
1: There's uh, something different. There's something, there's,
0: something, you you know? Go back with what you were saying about Marvin Gaye. One of the reasons I, I decided to cover a song the other day was I you know, was taking some time out for mental health. I was in nature. I was listening to what's going on. And it's a song that I've heard probably thousands of times. I grew up on it. I love that record. And I, it hit me and landed on me in a new way to be yeah. living through this, because I can imagine what the civil rights movement of the, of the 60s was like, but to be living through this movement. And so I do think that this does feel different. This, this feels like it has the power that the 60s movement had as well.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you, Doug. I think, that, I think, I think, I think that's where it's headed. Uh, well, l- l- let, me, uh, let me ask you one more question and I'll let you go, Doug. You're obviously a cool cat. You mentioned you're an Aries, I'm a Gemini. That's why we get along. That's why I love your I'm energy. I'm
0: Thomas, my, one of my best friends. like great yes yes i'm like i I like this guy i'd love to hang out with this guy tell us
1: tell us some music um you're obviously a cool guy you know the latest trends give us a little bit of what you're listening to man in your give us give us the inside dirt of of what
0: doug luck's listening to so right now um who am i listening to right now so i you know in terms of pop music i just discovered i'm a little late but i still think she's blowing up this is a girl named alice chater Um, is really dope. She's got this song called Hourglass. I think that in terms of like pop iconography, she's one to watch. Um, I think that Victoria Monet, who is a pop R&B singer, she's got this new song with Khalid um, called Experience, which is super dope, super fun. Um, Again, the Dua Lipa record and the Harry Styles records are probably two of my favorite pop records of the summer. Um, I Who else? You know, another thing, I also, I love going back and rediscovering, you know, I have this idea that I want, I love collecting vinyl. And for me, I'm actually rediscovering Erica Badu's first album, Baduism, which again, I loved when it came out, but to revisit, you know, I guess 20-ish years later. Sure. I'm enjoying it, doing a deep dive. And you know, the other thing that I will say, again, I love my pop music. I love my girl Brit Brit, Free Britney, y'all look, look into that. There's, I think there's, there's something there and I feel for my girl, Britney.
1: Okay. Definitely. Awesome. We'll definitely put your recommendations in the episode description. But uh, well, Doug, you've been more than kind with your time. That was super enjoyable. Very fascinating, thought provoking. Everyone should definitely listen to uh, Why, your new EP, Uh, Blue Heart, everything you do. Check out your movies. Check out everything because you're a talented, talented American. We're blessed to have you. Thank you so much, Doug. Thank
0: you. This was such a
1: pleasure. Absolutely. Have a great day, man. Thank you so much for your time.
0: All right.